All right, everybody. Happy, uh, what is today? Today is a Tuesday morning. Um, getting the podcast out early today. Uh, didn't get to it this weekend. Things are actually very busy, despite the fact there's nothing going on in the world. So, um, I'll get right to the questions and then, uh, have a little more thoughts at the end. So, uh, so I got a question here. How do you value HHC under current conditions? I was thinking that operating income at 300 million at a 7% cap rate. Excuse me. Get you four point two billion in value. Minus debt three point three billion. So let's say nine hundred million value plus one billion cash. Let's around two billion. Thought of a share count, maybe at one forty maybe at forty five dollars a share. And this assumes MPC is worth nothing under current conditions and no value for Hawaii assets. Would appreciate you taking a deep dive of the situation as far as current valuation and how they cover cash flow for the next six to eighteen months. So Questions like this are really hard. I've gotten a few of these questions um, on a few different stocks, and it's 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 kind of like you know every it's kind of like trying to value the GSEs right now, right? Because you you have no idea how long this shutdown is going to last. If it lasts, you know, New York is scheduled to open, I think May fourth, so the seaport goes back to you know starts going back to normal conditions. Um, I think it's an outdoor shopping area, so I think that's helpful for it versus an indoor, you know, a mall or an indoor store. So I think that's helpful. Uh, but but you don't know. So if you just what you have to kind of do, um, what you have to do, what I do anyway, is I just kind of step step back and take a, you know, what's it called a thirty thousand foot view. Um. You have to think what is happening to HHC's current asset base, right? Uh, they could be continuing some construction on projects, depending on the state they're in. I think if they're in Texas, they're still at least under construction. I know they put some stuff on hold and you know that to conserve cash. Again, not knowing how long this is going on. Um, their properties in the Texas area. Um, aren't going to be as severely as affected as properties like in New York. Uh, it's just the outbreak of coronavirus in Texas is a fraction, a small fraction, uh, a small, small fraction uh, of New York City. Um, same thing with Hawaii. So those assets um, should still be producing cash flow. I think the company's in fine shape as far as liquidity um, after the recent raise. Uh, which I go back and forth on, but I think it's it's better to have the extra cash, not knowing what's going to happen. Number one and number two, um, I think it's better. It's at least good that Ackman bought five hundred million of it because now you have a obviously highly aligned major shareholder buying the stock instead of you know uh, another group that may have would have different plans with the company. Um, I do have to think that Ackman's <clears throat> views on it and his <clears throat> highly emotional state uh, leading up to the share issuance probably had a significant um, uh, significant bearing in the company getting $500 million in cash or selling $500 million or selling the shares. 
um, I, I, you know, I do think, you know, anyone heard him on CNBC and saw his, his view of it back then. So I, you know, I, I think it's, it's going to be one of those situations where if this is all over and, you know, by the end of April and everyone starts going back to work, people are going to look back and say, oh, they didn't have to do the raise. If they didn't do the raise, the share count would be X, blah, 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 blah. But that's all hindsight, not knowing what, and it's knowing what you didn't know then, know now, right? And, you know, there still may be some groups that have assets that become distressed, and maybe if it comes out of this soon, and HHC, quote-unquote, didn't need the extra liquidity, didn't need the extra cash, or maybe they're looking at, you know, some sort of opportunities to pick up some assets on the cheap. Who knows what can happen? Uh, but, you know, that's, again, that's all to be said and done. So, you know... When things get back to normal, we can look at Howard Hughes, and I do think, and I do, I do still think that this recovery is going to be more like a V, and that, um, you know, I don't think, I think that there's, if anyone's been to a grocery store, um, or been to a Walmart, or been to anywhere lately, um, the amount of product on shelves is very, very low. And I do think the supply chains are becoming depleted of certain items. And there's going to be tremendous makeup to that, right? So you have this huge swoon down. And then inventory gets completed in a lot of different areas. And then you have to basically do double time coming out of it to catch inventory up to normal levels. Um, so I do think that there's going to be, you know, there'll, there'll be a swing to the upside of significantly higher GDP for a quarter or two. Uh, than what you normally would expect because there's just a, there's just a large amount of catch-up that's going to need to be done. Um, and that some demand obviously is destroyed, right? Um, you know, any any uh, weather-sensitive items are going to be, you know, put off and, you know, people who are going to perhaps do certain things to their homes maybe aren't going to do them now because, uh, you know, they lost or been on unemployment for a month or six weeks, depending on where you live. And uh, so maybe instead of putting that new roof on the house this year, they do it next year, or maybe instead of remodeling the basement, they do it next year. So um, <clears throat> there is going to be some of that. But I do think you see an upswing. So as far as HEC goes, you know, we, it remains to be seen how much you know, rental income and NOI has been destroyed, and not just delayed. Um, obviously in the seaport, where they have profit participation leases, um, that's going to be impacted. But then again, there's also going to be, you know, uh, disaster aid uh, revenues into those companies that are going to play a role. So again, it's it's it, it, there's way too many assumptions to say right now HHC is worth forty bucks or fifty bucks or sixty bucks a share. Uh, I think coming out of this in the normalized conditions, they're worth far more than they are now. Uh, I think this is just one of those items. It seems like in the whole real estate sector. Um, has gotten crushed. You know, this leads me to the next question was, uh, thanks for posting the CEO letter from Saratage SRG. It brings up a question. I actually just want your opinion. A few weeks ago, as part of a recover from losses plan, I set out to buy wounded stocks where I thought there was a very good chance of a 30% gain through the end of the year through a combination of increased price per share and dividends. This is for a Roth IRA account where I pay no taxes. Stocks purchased so far include several value place picks, KMI, WMB, IIPR, TPL, 
all of which benefited from starting with a healthy dividend. I didn't consider SRG until I saw the CEO letter, realizing the stock had already rebounded from a low of 6 to 11, yet 11.67 is still 70% less than the January price. Do you assume the dividend will be eliminated for now? Number one, yes. I don't. The company eliminated the dividend the year ago, year or so ago, and I, and I think it was the right thing to do. The company has so much development to do that paying out a dividend is just delaying the improved result, operating results and stock price appreciation from uh, from shareholders because money's being diverted, right? If you're paying a dividend instead of reinvesting all that money, then you know, it, you're diverting cash that could be used for a higher use. So rather than get a 2% dividend, I'd rather uh, have that cash uh, go to expediting and speeding up the completion of all the development projects they have because I think that's the best use of capital. So I don't see them going back to that anytime soon. With or without the dividend, what do you think the odds are for a snapback of another 30% from here, which would put the 17, the shares at about 15.50 by year end? Um, I won't hold you to the answer as only time will tell, but perhaps SRG should be on my list. Yeah, I, I absolutely think that Saratage has a, the ability to rapidly uh, appreciate in share price um, before the end of this year. But again, so this is, you know, I think they should start lifting, um, uh, you know, lifting all the bans on May 4th. It seems that most states, it seems like New York is actually even headed that way. I saw Como this morning. Uh, you know, and, and, and I don't I don't know where Massachusetts is. I know some states have gone past May fourth, uh, so we'll we'll see what's happening with that. Uh, but let's assume that uh, nothing opens up till June first, right? So I mean, anytime you're going to do this exercise, you have to operate in a certain assumption. So we assume that wherever Saratage has properties, and it's all over the place, that they have no revenue in April and none in May. And that we open up June first, you know where is Saratage at? I think the company's significantly higher than where it is now, fifteen dollars a share. I mean, I I really do. Um, you know, it's a shopping, it's a REIT. They've done the right thing, and they've put most of the projects on hold, so they're conserving cash. They have plenty of cash so that you know once they start getting the green light, they can jump back into it full force. People are go going to go to the mall. I know. You know, every time we have these. Um, every time something like this happens, you know, the media likes to run with, uh, you know, our lives are forever changed. And, you know, America will never work the same or shop the way ever again. And it's just not true. Um, you know, things do go back to normal. Will they change a little? Absolutely. But that's part of life. Things are always changing in certain levels. Uh, you know, you're not going to find a country of 340 million people stop going to malls. You know, it's just not going to happen. They're going to start trickling back in. Uh, they're going to start going and doing the things they got to do. Um, it's it's going to happen. You know, malls have been malls have been dying. God, I want to say for the last twenty five years, probably. You know, you started. You know, as soon as the internet hit, there was the death of the mall. Uh, and for those of you who aren't old enough, that was back in the nineties. Um, and you know, malls have been dying ever since. Yet, REIT stocks have been done have done quite well. Uh, they malls have evolved and changed, uh, but they're not <clears throat> going extinct. So, uh, Inseritage has a collection of high-quality malls. They're Class A malls, some Class B. 
Uh, so it's not like they're Class C or D strip malls or little malls in the middle of nowhere. They're in major shopping centers in major areas. So they're, they're high traffic malls, high, high productivity malls. So I think absolutely Saratoga, which is why we bought, you know, we, were, we bought just under seven. We added more during, uh, in March, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I should say. Um, and I think they're going to be significantly higher than, uh, than, than even $15 by the end of the year. You know, again, this assumes we go back to work in, you know, June or so. Uh, you know, if you're going to be, we're going to be shut down September, October. Uh, that's a different story for a lot of companies. Uh, but, I'm, but I think if we're all being honest, if we're in complete lockdown uh, for the next six months, uh, I think the price of Seritage is probably one of the least of our worries. Um, so, you know, I, I, that's how I kind of look at it. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I do think that uh, Seritage is significantly higher uh, than where they are now and higher than the 1550 uh, asked in the question. So it's a solid company. They're doing the right things with their cash right now. They have a great asset base. They're redoing it. You know, they're turning $4 rents into 13 to $20 rents, depending on the space from Sears. You know, the whole, um, you know, stuff we saw about, uh, you know, Sears making, um, uh, Sears causing a Sears hot chapter 11. You saw those all over, you know, the Motley Fool and it was on Seeking Alpha. <clears throat> about a year ago, six months ago even, uh, again, turned out to be absolute nonsense, uh, 100%. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been, you know, uh, the exact opposite. So uh, I, I think they're going to be fine. Um, it probably makes sense to discuss AIG. Also, does moving supply chains back from China help VPG? So... So start with AIG. You know, AIG with all the other financials got, got whacked hard. And AIG got whacked hard for two reasons. Um, number one, you know, all the interest rates collapsed. So all the financials took a hit, you know, because, again, their net interest income is going to collapse. So they all took a hit. Every time interest rates fall, the financials, you know, the financials take a hit. Every time rates start going up, the financials do well. So that's number one. Number two, people are you know concerned about business interrupted business business interruption insurance claims, which there will be a lot of them. Uh, however, after 9/11, most insurance company policies have significantly changed, and events like this um, really aren't covered. You know, natural disasters are to some extent, um, terrorist attacks are not, and uh, you know, pandemics or force majeures or force shutdowns they're not. They're not covered. Uh, now, you know, you may run into a situation where state regulators kind of strong arm insurance companies to making some payments or doing something on one end uh, for some of these policies and to pay some of them out, which would be a large percentage of the overall policies. Uh, but then, you know, what the insurance companies will do is, you know, they'll bite the bullet and they'll just capture it and rate increases for the following year. So at the end of the day, the insurance company is going to be fine from this. Uh, this isn't a, a hurricane. This isn't a, anything like that. So uh, I wouldn't, you know, as far as buying more AIG at these levels or adding to it, I think uh, interest rates are going to have more of an effect on the stock price than uh, issues regarding performance or issues regarding claims having to be paid um, because of the shutdown in the U.S. So. 
And as far as VPG, you know, <clears throat> they're, they, they make equipment for manufacturing. And manufacturing right now is, is stalled globally, right? Uh, that's why when you walk into a store, there's not much of anything on the shelf. So, uh, you know, will moving the supply chains back from China help them? Yeah, probably. I mean, I think, you know, it's it makes sense to not have you know, everything in one country, not beholden to one country. So any diversification you bring out of that will mitigate these kind of situations in the future. Uh, you know, so, but VPG is more just the world needs to get going again. And, um, and, uh, oh shoot. Um, I just deleted a, I deleted a question by accident. So I'll, I'll find it. Um, it's just a question. It's just a matter of that right now. Um, you've had a number of Davidson articles this last year. And t again, Tata states, equities are grossly underpriced. This was April 8th. When we see this, is he discussing our stocks we choose through you or stocks in general? Is there other additional stocks you should be looking at and investing this time to make when this opportunity exists? Can you make any, any additional recommendations to what you or Davidson see worth investing in outside of what you're already doing? So when he makes, uh, when Davidson makes a comment on um, on stock prices and equity valuations, unless he specifies a specific stock, which is he which he has done quite a bit. You know, he likes Kansas City Southern and other things like that. Um, that's what he's talking. He's talking about the market in general. You know, overall equity prices, et cetera, et cetera, are cheap. And you know, if you go back at that point in time, you know, it, it, for those who have not been here way way back. Um, back in March of 2009, uh, you know, Davison was putting posts up that, you know, the market had bottomed and that, you know, he was all in, you know, he, he had everything he had. He put everything he's had in the market in March of 09. Uh, and, you know, he basically hit the bottom uh, of the market. And uh, he hadn't been saying that up before then. Uh, he did say that in March and he had been emailing me for a while before then. And it was on the blog. And then, uh, he just kind of became a regular contributor after that. And, you know, if you look back at his history, despite all the recession calls from 2009 to 2022, uh, despite all the market collapse theories and everything like that, uh, he's remained steadfastly that the economy was in good shape and the market was going to go higher and the market was not grossly overpriced. People were saying we're in a bubble here, a bubble there. Um, and it, it, he's been 100% right. Um, and I, I do believe, and I, this is why I was buying stocks at the end of March and early April is because I, I also believe that uh, it was, while the economy is not like it was in 08, 09, the stock market reacted like it was 08, 09. Uh, you know, in 08, 09, um, you know, there were fundamental structural flaws in the economy and in the glo global economies uh, based on what financial assets had been investing in. And that caused severe problems in, in, in markets around the world. That situation doesn't exist right now. We hit the pause button because of the virus. Um, but when we start back up, we're starting back up from a, <clears throat> from a, from a position of strength. You know, unemployment was at an all-time low. There was no bubble in housing, no bubble in financial stocks, no bubble in retail stocks. You can argue 
tech stocks here or there were in a bubble, but you can make that argument for tech and any given time in history, you can find some great performing tech stocks that just defy all um, all reasonable uh, valuation metrics and still do really well. Um, that's just the nature of tech. So you know, people who are saying we were in a tech bubble, I don't believe we were. I don't believe Apple was in a bubble, and Apple's the <laughs> the largest cap tech stock, right? And, or Amazon, depending which way you go with it, which month when they flop back and forth and the most valuable companies. So, um, you know, I, there weren't any bubbles in the economy. You, may, you have to remember back in 08, 09, you had housing prices going up 10% a year and you had over 11 months of inventory in new homes, which is twice what's equilibrium, right? Because people were flipping houses left and right. So, you know, you don't have the liar loans. We don't have no income loans. We have about four months inventory of housing. So there's plenty of areas of the economy that were perfectly healthy that when you get the all back to go back to work i mean yeah it's not going to you're not going to flip a switch but they're, they're they're going back to a position of strength or position from fundamental soundness uh and because of that i think equity equity markets really overreacted i think they reacted as if they're going to be shut down for six months and i don't think we will be so if you're going to, so, you know, let's play it this way. Say you wipe out Q2's earnings, right, March, you know, uh, you know you're going to wipe out effectively a quarter of earnings um, from the S&P 500. You know, you got January, February were strong, a couple weeks into March, and then half of March is probably wiped out in most areas. Then you got April, let's say, you know, you got some of May, so, you know, you got almost three months in there. About a quarter of the earnings gets wiped out. It stocks down, seven, some stocks down 60, 70%. Think about it. Take away a quarter of earnings. Do you, do you take the stock down 70%? Some almost 80%? Some of the real estate stocks and some of the REIT stocks? An absolute collapse. And if you only lose a quarter of earnings and they come back and, you know, let's say... Even by the end of the year, so all said and done, 30 40% of earnings declined for the year because of COVID. Well, again, if you still had a stock down 50 60 70%, it's simple math, right? You're going to do well on that stock because, you know, this stock's going to come back and adjust to that 40% earnings loss, but you bought it considering a significantly higher earnings loss. So you'll make money on it. So... Um, there is a tab on it, you know, Davidson picks, you know, it's, it's only ever updated when he decides to update it. I don't keep track of it. If he sends an update on something or, uh, a new stock, I put it on that tab at the bottom of the portfolio tab and you can look at the things he picks there. Um, you know, if you do a search by the tickers, you'll, it'll bring up his post on it and why he thought, um, it was a good pick. So, uh, and again, so, and I will caution that that is not a, live portfolio uh that is not something that if he decides to sell one it's updated only when he sends an update writing about it so you know go if you're going to you know just go ahead and pick some of those picks and buy them be aware that you know he may sell them in a month and update me a month and a half later or whatever uh based on his activity so uh, i simply put that tab there because like this question people over the years have asked about it so I simply put, when he makes a recommendation as he likes a stock, I add it to that tab and people can do what they want with information. Um, yeah, um, so 
Um, I got to look up this one more question real quick. The last question. I know who sent it, and um, I want to make sure that I get it and don't forget it. All right, here we go. What makes people think we can get a vaccine for COVID-19 if we still don't even have a vaccine yet for SARS? Um, I, you know, I, I, every, 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 I don't, again, I'm not a doctor, so every kind of, um, virus like this is a little bit different, you know? I mean, we have stuff for things like Ebola and we have stuff for other, uh, things and we don't have one yet for SARS, but, you know, SARS is effectively gone. So, you know, it, we still don't really have a vaccine for the flu, right? So, you know, some viruses we can come up with vaccines for, some vi- some viruses we can come up for treatment plans for, and things like that. So, um, you know, I I don't think it's a, because we don't have anything of A, then we'll never find something for B. And I, I just think that that's, you know, that's not how it works. So uh, there's been plenty of devastating diseases and things we've been able to cure and, and come up with um uh, solutions for uh, that were far more devastating than this. Um, so, you know, again, but that doesn't mean we can find something for, for COVID or, but also doesn't mean we can't because we have not for others. So, you know, they all exist on a individual basis. And we've had plenty of treatment plans and things like that that have happened that um, if people look at, um, you know, we've been able to take care of it. So, so I mean, I think that's it. You know, I, I've spent the last you know, better part of the last month, just kind of thinking through the portfolio that I have and thinking through things that I have and what's going to be interrupted the least or return the fastest. I think restaurants are going to be stuck for a long time. I think restaurants may be some of the last things that come back online simply because it's people touching your food, breathing on your food, fixing your drinks, uh, and people are sitting in close proximity. You know, so I can see more open space areas coming back on first and you know unfortunately i think restaurants may be some of the last things to come back on because technically they can't still function on a takeout basis you know or maybe restaurants are able to open with uh dramatic limitations on in-room seating uh, you know people have to be six feet apart so a restaurant with 100 tables might go down to 30. i can see things like that happening um, and because of that you know, I, I, I don't want to be involved in restaurant stocks. Um, you know, I do think that, you know, this is going to sound a little redundant, really redundant, but whatever. You know, our pipeline companies have seen very little interruption. You know, they may have had some expansion projects slowed down, right? Um, because a lot of construction halts and areas and things like that. Uh, but, you know, Williams is, it was up year over year. Uh, Vimes on Williams lines was up year over year. Kinder Morgan seen the same thing. Um, you know, uh, the pipeline companies and they're going to return to normal, right? If, you know, if anything, you know, uh, when things start back up, they're going to probably have an outside game because there'll be a sudden, very high increased demand for natural gas. Um, I look at our real estate companies that we own and I, again, I think that people go back to, go back to shopping, go back to the malls, go back to, you know, doing what they can do and, and businesses are, that are getting a lifeline on lease payments right now or they're closed when they're open back up, we'll then have to pay those. And, you know, hopefully they get some aid um, from the government and they're able to make those rent payments. But I think the 
a lot of the there won't be the major defaults people are predicting so i think you know results are going to obviously suffer for a quarter quarter and a half but then as those those back lease payments come in um, you know the results are going to turn around pretty quick so the financials the same way i don't think there's any permanently destroyed demand in the financial space i think as things moderate interest rates will start to climb again and then the financials will start to rise too so um you know as i look across things i don't you know i, I and again, this is these are all moving targets because we don't know what next month's going to bring. We don't know what's going to happen after that. Uh, so basically, all you can do is kind of make your best guesses based on what's in front of you, right? Um, you know, that's you know you can't hit a pitch that doesn't exist, right? So you you know use Warren Buffett's thing, but you know you're getting you're getting you know pitches thrown at you, and you know you, you can't hit a pitch in the dirt if it's up by your head. So you got to kind of go for those pitches and you know that's the way I see it I, I think you know the portfolio is pretty well positioned uh, coming out of this where I, you know I, I'm not looking at I'm not looking at operations of them where I'm like oh my god we own you know Darden's restaurant group and who knows how long it is before restaurants recover and you know we're looking at uh, a specific retailer um, who may or may not you know and let's be honest you know Going out to dinner, people are ordering food right now, I think, because, you know, on a limited basis because, you know, they're bored. If you look at uh, current spending, you know, grocery, grocery spending is, is really at a probably a two or three decade high right now because uh, people are cooking so many meals from home. Um, I, I think it remains to be seen coming out of this, um, you know, going out to a restaurant to eat is a, it's a luxury item. And... You know, I, I'm not sure how fast people go back to going out to dinner on Friday nights. I know people are going to want to go places and do things and get out of the house. Um, but I don't know how that's going to equate to restaurant sales. Because like I said before, I'm not sure what spacing is going to be like in restaurants. You know, movie theaters. People are going to go back to the movies. They want to get out of their house. You know, they've been watching Netflix for the better part of a month now. Um, you know, what's going to happen there? You know, are they going to go back to our movie theaters going to be able to go half capacity, two seats between each group kind of thing? Or what are they going to have to do? Um, so obviously they're, well, I, one, I think one would have to expect their seating numbers are going to be limited at first, you know. Um, but that will open them back up and they'll have some kind of cash flow, but it's not going to be near what it was before. So I don't want to be involved there right now because I don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, and then, then there's the flip side of things, you know. Um you know, you're seeing some of the online companies have dramatic increases in stock prices, uh, Zoom, et cetera, et cetera. And I do think there will be a fundamental change on how people work. I think remote working is going to become, I, I think, well, more people are probably going to work remotely. I don't think it's going to be 20 or 30 percent of the workforce, but I do believe more and more companies are going to have contingency plans <coughs> for something like this. Right, and whether it's this or a natural disaster or a terrorist attack or something, um, having the ability to quickly uh, migrate operations to a remote workforce, I do believe is going to be something that many more companies are going to move move to, and be able to do it seamlessly or almost instantly. Um, 
but I think, you know, if you look at Zoom stock and some of these other companies in the space, they, I think they already in many ways reflect some of that. Um, you know, and I'm sure there'll be more of those companies popping up, right? And a remote workforce will be beneficial. And then there's all sorts of side questions that come with the remote workforce. And, you know, even from the retailer perspective, right? If, if you work at home, three days a week, you, you don't need as many quote-unquote work clothes, right? Because people right now are working in sweats, sweatpants and sweatshirts. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of things that come with it. Uh, but as I look across, I don't see a lot of permanent demand destruction. I don't see Apple being materially impaired by this thing. Um, you know, I don't see, um, uh, you know, Bank of America, Howard Hughes, um you know, Compass Diversified Holdings, uh, if anything, this is an opportunity for them, right? I mean, so again, this, uh, uh, Compass Diversified Holdings, they go and they buy mid, mid-level businesses. So a lot of those have low valuations right now. I wouldn't be at all surprised if they're able to make a deal in this environment and pick up another, uh, you know, company that kind of fits into their their uh, their ecosystem and they can get it on the cheap because of what's going on in the markets right now. So, you know, and for some of our companies, it may be an advantage, um, you know, the energy companies, you know, obviously Chesapeake has been hurt. They're doing the reverse stock split. Um, I think that signals they, they feel they can come through this without any kind of Chapter 11 or major restructuring. Uh, there's no point in doing this if you're just going to go through that exercise. It, it's a, a completely irrelevant. Uh, but to do that, to get the stock relisted, I think shows a certain level of uh, things aren't as dire as people think they are. Again, this assumes that we're not having the same conversation in eight months from now. Um, again, pipeline companies, TPL, um, you know, again, we still need oil from the Permian. It's still the, 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 the number one place in the U.S. for it. They're still going to have oil pumping across their lines. And as soon as, you know, the world starts opening up, oil prices start going back up, demand, demand continues and the stock should rise. So I don't see any long-term degradation in the stock price of TPL. Um, so, I, I, you know, I just... You know, that's how kind of I see things, you know. So, you know, I said it before a couple months, not a couple months ago, about a month ago. It's like, you know, everything was cheap. Um, I didn't see anything that was in danger really going out of business other than Chesapeake if this thing lasted real long. So obviously I haven't added any there. But we added, you know, IIPR. We added KMI a couple times, WMB a couple times. Um, we added to SRG, Saratage. So we added to a bunch of stuff uh, that was just completely destroyed by uh, what happened. I mean, if you look at the pipeline companies, share price is down 50, 60%, 10 to 12% yields, and the results are improving year over year. Or at the very worst, holding holding steady. I mean, to me, that's a no-brainer to buy it. It's not even, there wasn't even a whole lot of thought process in that. You just look at the numbers. You look at the look at the fundamentals. You look at the rally that's happening to the company. You look at the stock price. Complete and utter panic. So we bought some more. I mean, obviously, you know, like anything else in the space, time's going to tell. But I do think that that those are going to be, you know, six months from now we look back, those are going to be buys that you know anyone who did it is going to be happy with for a very long time. You just locked in a ten to twelve percent dividend yield on your purchase price. And you have a very realistic upper chance of that purchase price being up 70 to 100% in the next, what, call it two to five months. Very realistic. And if you look at even Kinder Morgan's back to 15, they've retraced almost 50% of where that stock price was. 
and it's done it in a few weeks. So, I mean, I, I think that, you know, and again, everything's always hindsight, but people who were able to keep a clear head and look at the fundamentals and the reality of the companies that they owned and looked at the stock price, understanding that stock prices in the short term are completely devoid of fundamentals. It's all completely emotional, right? Buffett says, you know, in the, in the uh, I forget the exact quote, but in, in the short term, stocks are weighing devices. I, I don't know what it is, but basically that emotion, emotion controls stock prices day to day, week to week, even month to month. Uh, but fundamentals rule over the long term. And when those pipeline companies are continuing to pump stuff through their through their pipelines, continuing to collect fees, continuing to see increases year over year volumes, and the stock price gets slashed in half or more, to me, it, there's, there's just no no reason I wouldn't buy that stock again. And we did so, and we'll see what happens. So, um, I think it's been about forty five minutes. So I think that's all for today. Keep the questions coming, and you know, obviously, you know. There's not a lot going on in the general economy, so there's you know some of the questions may be different, but you know ask any question you want, um, even just if it's just a basic theory question or you know how are you looking at this or that because that's all we're doing right now, right? I mean, not a lot of businesses are really up and running, um, so we're just kind of like trying to weigh how we're going to come out of this and what's going to happen. So that's uh, that's where we are and that's where we're at. So. Um, I hope uh, I hope all your families are safe. I know I know a couple of people in the group here have come down with the COVID, but I'm happy to report that um, all those who have come down with it have come through it safely, and I haven't heard anyone um, with any um, awful outcomes due to it, either for them or their family. So uh, for that, I'm all well, thankful for, very thankful, uh, and I hope that everyone remains. Um, healthy through this and gets to the other side and I will be back um, you know I'll be back either sometime um, probably not Friday probably this weekend Uh, we'll get another podcast up and answer any questions you have so have a good one everybody